comics were good too. What is going on, everyone? Hello. We are back with the Pound and Slash Marvel Media Podcast. This is the Comic Corner. Yeah, I'm Pound and I'm Slash, and together we are PNS. PNS penis, penis. Um, Ralph just likes to say the word penis. <laughs> he just can't keep it out of his mouth. All right, <laughs> but you you say it slowly. PNS, like hey, I was gonna say it fast. I'm, he says I'm, I got you. I got you, bro. Cause he's slow. Penis. That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Um, super excited about this week. Okay, so this is our pretty much Marvel crossover week. Yeah, this is a Marvel. There have been uh, every, with villains and heroes, like it's crazy. Every single comic except for one, one had crossovers in it. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Um, so I'm actually super excited to talk to you guys about this again. Remember, we no longer do the little podcast aid that we right. used to do um, because that took time that I didn't want to take time to do. Nobody right. really gave a fuck. So. <laughs> They uh, gave a fucking spirit, man. Yeah. With that being said, we're going to get into this. Uh, this is number 29, by the way. Yep. Yes, it is. The 29th keep, week we've done this. We're keeping it rolling, keeping it moving. Yes, sir. Um, so starting mm-hmm. off was Daredevil number two. Yeah. Um, this was called The Evil Menace of Electro. Mm-hmm. This was published June 1st, 1964, written by Stanley, penciled by Joe Orlando. Yeah, that's somebody new. And inked by Vince Coletta. And that's somebody new. We got yeah. two new people. Damn. All right. All right. They sound like New York people. Anyway. Right? Right? Damn. Um, all right. So, we start off with the thing coming into Nelson and Murdoch. Right off the bat. On behalf of the Boom. Fantastic Four, so that they can check over the Baxter building before they sign the contract for the building. Yep. Um, thing leaves, and we see Daredevil basically whoop some car thieves' asses in a garage. Yep. Um, and we also come to find out that they work for Electro. And we get a quick Electro backstory recap. Um, if you want more on that, please check out one of our earlier ones. Where right, we they say, about. this is what he's been doing. Why? He's right. in New York. Like, why is he here? There you go. Um, Electro plans on robbing the Baxter building while the Fantastic Four are in D.C., and he wants to sell the plans overseas. Matt returns to the office, and Foggy and Karen tell him about the thing. Karen also tells him about an eye surgeon that can possibly cure his blindness. Matt says he'll think about it. However, Matt is not intending on doing the eye surgery because he likes his super abilities. He likes his abilities. Isn't that crazy? He's like, hey, I like being me right now. You you keep that. Thank you, though. Electro and Matt show up to the Baxter building at the same time. Inside, Matt can sense something is up, so he quickly changes into Daredevil. Electro sees a computer that Daredevil on the computer that Daredevil is there, and he sends basically a sound shock wave to him. Daredevil grounds it with his cane and then turns off the lights, but Electro gets the jump on him. Right. Electro ends up knocking him out and puts him on the Fantastic Four rocket and plans to send him into space. At first, the controls wouldn't work, so Electro forces the controls to work, um, sending the spaceship into outer space. Right. Um, Daredevil wakes up and gets on the con- gets to the controls and guides the rocket back down from space to Earth. Um, landing in Central Park. Daredevil then returns to the Baxter building and becomes Matt Murdock again. Matt then goes to the airport because he had to get his clothes right. from the Baxter building. <laughs> right. Mary's supposed to be watching the Fantastic Four building, so... Right. Um, so, where was I? Okay, so Matt goes oh, to the airport, airport right. um, then returns to being Daredevil and takes a helicopter up to the top of the Baxter building. As Electro breaks into the safe, Daredevil crashes through the skylight. Electro tries to run, and Daredevil follows after down an elevator shaft. At the bottom, Daredevil chases Electro into a movie theater. Daredevil then chases him up to a catwalk, where Electro blasts him with a bolt. However, Daredevil does manage to trigger a machine that drops the curtain onto Electro, which causes Electro to get captured, and Daredevil then fixes Reed's safe. 
However, the Fantastic Four return and meets up with Matt at the uh, law offices, or law office, and Matt tells him that he hasn't had a chance to check out the Baxter building yet. So Reed then tells him, all right, we'll find another lawyer who works a little faster. A little savageness by Reed, but you ain't got to be a dick. Hey, 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 Reed is still on, I will kill Namor, so I'll take it. I know you said there'll be a dick, but I'll take that. (laughs) He said, hey, by the way, don't look at my girlfriend or my wife, and then leave like, I wasn't. I'm blind. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right. I will end you, sir. Um, I gave this a four out of five. Four out of five. Cold. Starting and off the bat. Goodness. Here, and here's what. Here's something I'm enjoying. This is something else that you get from Marvel that you don't necessarily see right off the bat in DC. You actually kind of see. If you're in the Marvel universe, you could show up anywhere. If you're a villain, it doesn't it, just because you start off being Spider-Man's villain doesn't mean you're not gonna fight somebody else. Somebody else, because you're yeah. yeah. I'm really like so, I'm loving these older comics because it's yeah. really showing what we're seeing in the MCU. This is what you're seeing now. This is what Stanley was talking about. He wanted everything to be in one little niche here, so I I respect that. So yeah. man, um, knew what he was doing. So right, right. Next up is Fantastic Four, issue number 28. This is called We Have to Fight the X-Men. <laughs> right off the bat, that title. Anyway. This was published <laughs> July 10th, 1964, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Chic Stone. Or Chick Stone. I still don't know what his name is. Right. Um, we start off with the Fantastic Four reading about the X-Men. Reed and Sue are amazed at the villains that they've beaten. Thing brings up how Alicia is a better sculptor than her stepdad because she made a statue of him. And that kind of bums her out, just even hearing his name. Right, because, you know, that's still the hurt um, for stepdad. Dad. Which Thing apologizes for, because he didn't mean to, you know, right, feel Right, because she's a little upset about that lady. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Puppet Master shows up to the Thinker and tells him that he's not going to team up with him. Right. Thinker. <laughs> thinker. you think that's what that was? I was like, what? <laughs> thinker then convinces Puppet Master of his brilliance. Right. And Puppet Master's like, you know what? I'll team up with him. I'll team up with him. I'll team up with him. Okay, I'll say, okay, so then we're going to team up with him anyway. <laughs> I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Uh, right. At first I was like, oh, okay. At least he did turn down for a little bit before he jumped on. That's cool. I'll take it. Right. <laughs> Puppet, Puppet, Puppet Master. Isn't this like his sixth time showing back up here? Uh, fourth or fifth. <laughs> um, Puppet Master builds a clay statue of Professor X, yep. but Professor X fights back, so Puppet Master adds more radioactive clay. Right, radioactive clay. Finally, Puppet Master does get the right amount of clay and is able to take over Charles's mind. Bro, then, he's savage. I was like, bro, he got him. I was like, oh, wow. And then he summons his X-Men and tells yep. them to destroy the Fantastic Four. destroy them. He orders them. The X-Men arrive to the Baxter building and pretend to be friendly and ask the Fantastic Four to go on a mission with them. I have a quick question. Bro, how, how come they did not... They never questioned it. They said... Destroy the Fantastic Four. Damn, they didn't even like. They, well, because when he said he said, no, I don't want you to ask, ask any questions. Just follow been, my. Just follow what I tell you to do. That's crazy. I would have been asking everything. Like, what you mean, Charles? We were cool with them. Now you say we're not cool with them. At least some questions like that. No, go. Like, uh, okay, I'm gonna go blast uh, Reed Richard. He might throw well, me an equator. And then he also said that the Fantastic Four were planning on. Um, well, attacking. Well, they were planning. Innocent people. Innocent people. Which okay, sure. It's just, damn. All right. That, that was my only little gripe there, but yeah. But anyway, so. All right. So the X-Men arrived at the Baxter building, pretending to be friendly, and asked if it has a go on a mission with him. Reed right. says that he can't because he's working on something for the Air Force. In the next room, Marvel Girl asks Thing to join them on their mission. He says no, so she threatens to break his statue. Unfortunately, she also accidentally drops the statue, and Thing gets pissed because it what? shatters. Because that's Alicia's little wipe. Damn. Um, Epic fail, woman. But Marvel Girl does end up spinning him in circles. Yeah. Mentally. 
Angel then grabs Invisible Girl so that Iceman can lasso her in ice. Meanwhile, Reed and Beast are fighting while Cyclops and Torch are fighting. Thing catches Marvel Girl but is frozen by Iceman for his troubles. Reed gives up and tries to figure out what their motives are. Right. And he agrees that the Fantastic Four will go with them. Right. They take Sue on their plane to make sure that they do follow and don't try anything stupid. Damn. And Reed, Sue can fight too? Damn. And, well, Reed realizes that they don't necessarily mean any harm or right. they would have already done so. They, yeah, they, well, yeah. Um, so Thing tells Alicia he'll be back and the Fantastic Four go on and follow. The X-Men land in the middle of nowhere. Professor X then mentally tells them that when the Fantastic Four land, they need to fight and subdue them. And Cyclops is mad that Professor X won't tell them why. Right. During the, Cyclops. during the fight, Thing and Reed get captured by booby traps in the area. As Johnny and Sue go to save them, they then get captured themselves. Right. At which point, Thinker and Puppet Master emerge from the ground. They tell the X-Men their plan and force Charles to put them all to sleep. However, Beast is able to resist being put to sleep. Which, that is interesting. That's showing like how intellectual Beast really is. I like that. Right. Right. Beast knocks the sculpture from Puppet Master's hand and steps on it. Meanwhile, Thing gets out of his trap and frees Reed, and then Reed tells him that they need to help the X-Men. Right. They go ahead and free the other two. Thinker brings out his android, and now it's the X-Men in Fantastic Four. It's called, like, the Great Android or something like that. It's just, yeah. It's, I thought it's, it was, like, it's called the Awesome Android or some bullshit. Um, if you remember correctly, that was the android that was made by Reed earlier on. Right. Okay, that, that could adapt. And Thinker took over. Right, Thinker took over. Damn, he um, got him back? I thought he had it still trapped up in his Fantastic Four. No. Huh. So now it's the X-Men and the Fantastic Four versus um, these other people. Or versus the android. Right. Um, as the X-Men soon find out, this android is indestructible and can right. take on the characteristics of the ones fighting them. Exactly. However, Charles does regain his thoughts and puts a stop to the android with his mental powers. Of course. Um, Thinker and Puppet Master manage to escape. The X-Men apologize, retells them that they're glad that they've met. And Thinker vows revenge on his flight out, um, as villains do. Of course. Um, at or, that point, Charles summons the kids back home. Oh, yeah, he said, come back. Uh, I gave this one a 4 out of 5 as well. Yeah, 4 out of 5. Not bad, not bad, not bad. I thought bad. it was pretty decent. Um, I'm always down for... X-Men and... Uh, the X-Men and Fantastic Four getting together. Again, it's just cool seeing people share the same space. Right? Uh, share the same space. Speaking of sharing the same space... Right. Amazing Spider-Man number 14. Bruh, this, this was interesting. <laughs> this is called The Grotesque Adventure of Green Goblin. Of Green Goblin. This, this was, was an interesting one. This was published July 10th, 1964, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Steve Ditko, and inked by Steve Ditko. Um, we start with the Goblin making a deal with the Enforcers, who yep. are, if you don't remember who they are, it is Ox, Fancy, Dan, and Montana. Yep. Um, and they agree to it. Goblin meets with a movie producer to make a movie starring him, the Enforcers, and the real Spider-Man, and the producer's stoked. Meanwhile, Liz is laying into Flash Thompson about being basically stupid, <laughs> at which point a radio call comes over that the green guy, a green guy on a flying broom is flying through Manhattan, which means it's time for Spidey to go onto the scene. Spidey catapults himself to Green Goblin, who tells him he's wanted by this producer that is in a hotel room. Spidey visits the producer and is offered 50k to be in a movie, and Spider-Man agrees. Spidey signs a contract as Goblin watches happily from a distance. Peter shows up at the Bugle to talk to Betty, and J.J. is basically said that he's going to send him to Hollywood for pictures of Spider-Man in oh, this movie. Come on now. Um, Betty is jealous of him being near all these hot Hollywood women, and is also especially jealous of him with his time with Liz Allen. Why are you mad? I'm just kidding. No, let me stop. Hey, yo. Right. That's what he would. Why are you mad, girl? 
After convincing Aunt May, <laughs> Peter is off. Oh, yeah. In New Mexico, he sees the cast and thinks hey, the Enforcers Mexico. look like the real thing. Right. Goblin and the Enforcers... Go away. Um, well, you got, you got like a text message? <laughs> it was a fucking game message. Of a game that's like, hey, come play me. That's um, funny. <laughs> where was I? It was like the Enforcers. He said they, oh. like they were the real deal. Yeah, they look like the real thing. Goblin and the Enforcers ask to practice a fight scene. Spidey agrees. Right. During practice, Spidey realizes that they're the real deal, and right. we have a fight on our hands. As Spidey whoops up on the Enforcers, Goblin starts to chuck pumpkin bombs down at him. Hey, that's um, what's up. Spidey gets jumped again and starts to lose the fight. Spidey then uses tumbleweeds to create a dust cloud and escapes into a nearby cave. Which this is where it gets interesting. Um, at which point, we then actually notice everyone back at home. All right. Aunt May. Right. Betty. Right. All, everybody is right. thinking of Peter in some way, shape, or form. Of course, we got we got to have a little we have a little uh, time to reflect before we really get to the main part of the story. Right. What's about to go down? <laughs> um. So, Goblin and the Enforcers follow yep. Spider-Man into the cave and put a boulder in front of the cave entrance. As they walk through, Montana gets webbed up to the ceiling. Spider-Man then dodges Goblin for a bit and ends up knocking out Ox. As Goblin comes back after Spidey. The Incredible Hulk appears. Right, just out of randomness. Um, I mean, I know he was uh, on the cover, but I was like, "How are we going to have him there?" But oh, he just showed. Uh, apparently, up. they they picked the wrong cave. They picked the wrong cave. I was like, "Yo, I, if if I was a combo, I'd be like, hold up." So he just goes to show. Oh, what's good? Oh my god. Well, <laughs> Hulk immediately attacks Spider. Oh yeah. Oh, that's an attack. Um, Spidey tries to web his hands, but. Obviously, Hulk snaps. Not working. Barely convenient. He's getting. He's getting out. He's getting out. Spidey then tries to punch him, but Hulk basically is like that tickled. <laughs> and yo, <laughs> I wish he had that tickle. <laughs> my turn. Oh my god! Watch out! And then Spidey has to go back to trying to dodge the Hulk. Right. Um. He eventually leads Hulk over to the boulder that is blocking the entrance. Right. He forced. Yeah. And tricks Hulk tricks into punching in the, the boulder so he can get free. Um. At which point Spidey attacks Goblin, but ends up backing off because he's actually exhausted after fighting the Hulk. Right. He so was he, like hiding, wasn't he? He was he, hiding. He hides out underwater. Right. Um. And sneaks back into the cave right. and rescues the enforcers because we know damn well the Hulk would kill them. <laughs> um, at, the, at that point, he takes off as helicopters start to come in to <laughs> check out the area. Later, the movie producer tells Spidey that he'll pay him some expenses, but he's not getting the entire 50k because the movie is getting canceled. Right, unfortunately. Um, Peter returns home, and we actually get a tease about Goblin having a secret identity. Yeah. Which we all know is Norman Osborn. Uh, and then he's like, he's plotting too, like some like our. But he's like, I'm not done. Right. He does the evil villain. So that's two evil villains doing that. I gave this a five out of five, man. I still gave it a four. I gave it five five. I I I actually enjoyed this. I enjoyed this, man. Because I saw the cover. It's like the Hulk, or it says something like the Hulk will show up, and I'm like, how? Right. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and at this flip, point, flip. Oh, my God. At this point, Marvel, I just need every comic ever to be crossover. Yeah, no, was, yeah, you, there, there was like no excuses. This has all been these, solid. All these need to be crossovers. That's because you got, they have like, they just like, what, 50 characters so far? They all need to be crossed. Every last one needs to cross over. I don't care right. if they get an ice cream. Spider-Man Torch, get ice cream. I'm all in. What we doing? <laughs> all right. X-Men number six. Submariner joins the Evil Mutants. This was published July 1st, 1964. Written by Stan Lee. Penciled by Jack Kirby. Inked by Chico. 
We start off with the X-Men eating lunch when Professor X wonders if Namor is a mutant and realizes they have to find him before Magneto does. Oh, At the same time, Magneto has the same thought and has a quick scuffle with Mastermind because of a Cyclops image that Mastermind makes. Please, Mastermind. I, w- um, I wish one Mastermind just stopped talking. Just stop moving. Magneto then sends a projection of himself out to find Namor. Now, this is a fun fact. I never knew Magneto could do this. Yeah, project. Yeah, that was... Yeah. He's able to do what Charles does in terms of sending a mental image of himself right. out to look for things. Huh. Um, I thought he was able now, to show Magneto. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure metal. at some point he no longer does this. Right. Uh, but, at least for now, it's he's kind of just a, a, a slightly weaker Professor X in terms of that ability. So that's not bad. I mean, he's not, not strongly pressure, but that's not bad. So. Right. Um, Alright. Oh, I just dropped my mouse. Motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Entertain the people, Ralph. Hello, this is your, uh, your Ralph in the building. Um, yeah. Fantastic Four. Marvel was cold. All that shit. I'm watching Nick do some uh, grabbing shit because he's he's awesome. He got braided hair, by the way. Yeah, she braids your hair. All right, we're back. (laughs) I like how he says entertain. Like this is not how this works, bro. All right. (laughs) So where were we? He was like Um, projections and okay, but yeah. So Magneto sends a projection of himself out to find Namor. Later, the X-Men are training. While they train, Charles sends a projection of himself as well to find right. Namor. He gets there before Magneto. However, he senses Magneto's presence right. and decides to pull his thing back and just kind of follow Magneto mentally. Right. Magneto finds the castle just in time to see Namor still throwing a fit about losing Invisible Girl. Continuity, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Love it. It's, so this happened moments as Fantastic Four dipped. I love it. Continuity. I love it, I need man. More of it in my life. Because let me tell you, and, re, and he's thinking about remake up for round five. Don't play with him. Stop, right. Don't play. <laughs> Magneto makes a plan where he has one of Namor's people ask him to come see Magneto. First of all, Namor has people left. I'm just kidding. Just, and while he's gone, the guy could take over. Right. Charles tells his students he knows where Magneto's hide or where Magneto's hideout is because of a ship that got pulled in by a huge magnet. Of course. So, the X-Men go out to sea and find the island. Meanwhile, Namor gets the message and thinks he might be a mutant himself. He's off to find Magneto. Namor arrives to the island, and as he inspects the island for traps, Magneto tells Scarlet Witch to introduce herself to Namor. He's trying to get her, basically, to use her um, as a uh, hookup. A hookup. To get what he wants. Um, She accidentally uses magic... And Namor reacts by ripping cables out of the machine. That Which that was weird as fuck. Um, she, <laughs> she says that it was her. She's apologized. She didn't mean to do that. Right. And at that point, the X-Men arrive and attack. Yep. Well, yeah, they come in hot. Um, Magneto starts to attack back. However, Namor tells him to step aside and attacks Angel himself, hurling him away from the island. Right? Once Angel lands back at the ship, Professor X decides it's time to strike. Meanwhile, Magneto preps a magnet and trains it on the X-Men's ship. The ship is obliterated, and the X-Men swim back to the island. Yeah. As Cyclops is about to destroy the magnet, Quicksilver stops him by attacking. Jean Grey stops Quicksilver, and as they capture Quicksilver, Magneto is about to blast all of them. Wanda tells him to stop, and he basically tells Wanda to fuck off. Right, because you're about to blast my brother. He's like, uh, do you know who I am? I'm a damn act of God. That's what he should have said. I'm a damn act of God. Kaboom. It's just like, oh, there they go. However, this makes Namor mad. Yeah, because... Because Namor is all about treating women with respect. Right, he's he's a gentleman. So he's already pissed off. You know, off. you only kidnap people to get them to fall in love with you. You do not... Right, of all it. the people, he's the one. <laughs> Anyways. So... Love me! Love me! 
Um, Namor does say that he will never align himself with someone who speaks to a woman that way, uh -huh. um, at which point Magneto uses metal to capture him. Yeah. Just then, the X-Men bust in, and Mastermind creates a smokescreen. Magneto, Toad, and Mastermind escape without Pietro and Wanda, or Namor, for that That's matter. Pussies. I would let Mastermind just not... <laughs> y'all... <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Wanda demands Pietro's release. Namor backs her up, but Beast attacks Namor. The other X-Men attack, focusing on Namor, and Wanda... Or, uh, focusing on Namor. As Wanda is about to strike, Charles shows up and demands the battle to stop, right. telling Namor and Wanda that they aren't their enemies. No, they really... They were being not. used as pawns. Right. And he has a mental hold on Quicksilver's brain. Charles releases his hold. Namor gets pissed, vowing to destroy all air breathers next time, both mutant and human alike. Okay, so... And <laughs> he's just out making enemies. And Namor back to his old self, like, I'm about to... Because that's what he was in the uh, Fantastic Four episode three or four. He was like, I'm just going to kill all air breathers. Like, damn. Right. Bro, that didn't work last time. In fact, you got pummeled by, by, by the thing. Stop playing. <clears throat> go, back to the, go back to the water and swim your little ocean, man. Go find your people. <laughs> As he goes to leave, Magneto focuses his giant magnet ray on Namor and blasts him. Namor smashes the ground super hard, causing the magnet to be destroyed. Yep. Um, he ends up jumping into the sea and leaves. Magneto gets mad, forces everyone into a ship where Wanda and Pietro join back up with the group. Right. And the X-Men take the ship that was pulled in way earlier back home. I gave it a 4 out of 5. I gave it a 4 out of 5. Again, just, so far just absolutely solid fucking stories yeah, all these, the way through. Yeah, these are bangers, through. man. Um... And I like how Namor is vowing to like, hey, I'm I'm just tired of all y'all right now. Y'all have I can't get with Sue no more. <laughs> that puts us on page fourteen, by the way. Yes, it does. I'm gonna say we should be like, yeah. I, I thought it was on thirteen, but I'm forty. Cool. But um, yeah, I get four or five. This is not not bad, not bad, not bad. Wait, just not bad altogether. I'm I'm enjoying this shit. Really? All right, Tales to Astonish number fifty-seven, story A. This is called On the Trail of the Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> this is an interesting one. July 1st, 1964, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Dick. Dick. A year. Dick Ayers in a minute. Inked by Paul Reinman. Yeah, and his name either. Um, we start off with Henry giving Wasp a new stinger that blows compressed air. After testing it, we find out Egghead has been in hiding, refining his machine to allow him to talk to the ants. He has the ants send a message that Spider-Man is looking for a fight, and he wants to take down Giant Man. Henry sends Wasp out to find Spidey, but deliberately tells her to not attack, so we know that she's going to. Right, he said specifically, do she ain't gonna not listen do to this. You. Yeah, no kidding, she didn't do any Earth Mighty materials, but anyway. <laughs> um, so the Wasp goes out, right. finds Spidey, yeah, blasts... He's, he's just flipping, he's just like webbing, he's just, just traveling. So. Right. Finds Spidey, blasts him with her new stinger, and is then captured in Spider-Man's web. Right, <laughs> right she, out of the blue. <laughs> She sends, she sends out a message to Giant Man that she's been captured. Giant Man then confronts Spidey. I wish Giant Man said, and then Giant Man said, Bitch, you don't listen. No, I'm just That's kidding. That's pretty much what he did. <laughs> I'm captured. I would I would even come after her. I would, out of my way. I got I got shit to do. Like, right. <laughs> I'd be a hero. Meanwhile, Egghead calls the police and tells them that two costumed menaces are fighting and they think that, you know, the cops should step in before somebody gets hurt. First of all, we ain't stepping in shit. That's Spider-Man and that's Giant Man. He'll we, we, we beat the fuck up. I, right. I don't get paid enough. This is my first day. <laughs> Spidey and Giant Man continue to fight until the police show up, at which point both guys tell the cops to stay back as they try and stop each other. Right. The police, this is retarded. The police call for backup, which is when we find out that Egghead planned this so that they could rob an armored truck without yeah. any issues. 
Egghead captures the whole armored truck by towing it with a bigger armored truck. Um, Wasp then starts to realize that both men think the other were up to no good, but they're both wrong. Both wrong. Henry gets a call from his hands, and he tells Spidey to follow him to the docks. Evil's afoot. And away they go. Spidey, and away we go. Away we go. Spidey arrives first and starts the fight with the goons. As they train their guns on him, Wasp stings them all. She eventually runs out of stings, though apparently there's a limited number of charges. Because right, guess so you don't why know should any power be full? Right. Um, right. In the Marvel Universe. <laughs> As she's about to be stepped on, Giant oh, Man... Oh, God, can you imagine? Giant Man... Ah! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, we didn't get her! <laughs> Bitch, I told you to wait! This Ralph's like, man, get the stories we could have. Right. <laughs> Look, dude, when we get to the Ultimate Universe, you get to watch her get eaten by the blob, okay? Oh, that's just gonna be funny, can't we? What the hell? Um... No! Oh, is that your girl? This ain't your. This was your girl, bro. Mr. Kill your girl. Um. <laughs> so as she's about to be stepped on, Giant Man shows up. Our heroes work together to stop Egghead and his goons. Oh shit! Um, for the first time, Egghead gets arrested. By the way, right? Because he's been escaping. Whoa! He's been escaping his first time, man. Spidey and Wasp end up getting into an argument. Yeah, because they don't like each other. Because apparently spiders and wasps are mortal enemies, so they have to play into their whole powers being mortal Which enemies. Which I guess they should have played off because... so dumb. That is dumb. Yeah, they don't like each um, other. I, basically, I said, in quotes, spiders and wasps are mortal enemies, and then I put dot, 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 or some shit like that. Or, or some shit. Um, some shit. Gets and then, washed. And then Spidey <laughs> bounces. Yeah, he This leaves. was almost a five out of five. Really? Until... Five out of five? Until... The Spidey and Wasp argument at the really, end. Really? That's gonna, that five, killed that, it for that's me. That's a 5 out of 5, bro. Come I gave on. It, I gave it a 4 out of 5. I gave it a 5 out of 5. I get you. I get the whole mean thing, but the whole thing was on point. Because Spider-Man was just mind his own... Spider-Chad was mind his own goddamn business. What the fuck, man? Like, what is happening? Like, what the fuck you got me? What the fuck you right, mean? Right. What you to you? And then the police... Hey, hey, can, like, hey, can the police go do this? This is me and Nick's first day. First of all... That man is taller like Godzilla. Second, but I will, I will that, say this was one of the best Ant-Man stories so far. Right? One gets crossover. Two, it's... Bro. <laughs> mm. Speaking of five out of five stories, Tales to Astonish, number 57, story B. Yep. A voice in the dark. Uh, guy, that was, by the way, that was... Uh, a exag- joke. Exaggeration. A joke. Thank um, you for trying, though. I like it. It's ju- <laughs> five out of five. Uh-huh. Really? Really? July 1st, 1964, also written by Stan Lee, penciled by Larry Lieber, inked by Sheik Stone. Sheik Stone is busy. Right? Damn, the majority of these issues. Damn. All right, Wasp is running late to a dinner date with Henry because she was telling stories to the orphanage. Thank God we didn't have to hear it. Oh, Lord. Um, this also apparently takes place before she gets her stingers, by the way. They do mention that at the very beginning. Which, that's pretty cool. Like, kind of that's that. They get that one. They get that one. On her way home, she sees a guy going into the sewers, and as she turns the corner, she notices that the jewelry store was just recently robbed. Right. And she, at that point, is like, it must have been that guy. I think I'm going to go find him. Right, she's sprung into action pretty so much. So she shrinks and flies into the sewers. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds him, tries a few tricks to stop him, but fails. Uh, he walks into a door, and as she locks, as she overhears his plan to come back in a couple weeks for the jewels, she flies out and tries to lock the door before he has a chance to come out. Um, at this point, she's also running out of or, or the dense air is causing her to not be able to breathe very well with as small as she is. Um, and she's close to passing out. Wait, bitch, you about to die. She's not able to get it locked. However, he walks out. She decides to act quick and grabs a piece of paper, turning it into a megaphone. She pretends to be Sue Storm and basically tells the guy that... Hey, I like that concept. I, I, I did too. get that one. He, he was like, I'm the invisible... I'm the, invis- I'm, I'm the invisible girl. Girl, right. Um, and just let you know the Fantastic Four are on their way. You should probably turn yourself in. And I mean... 
He actually kind of freaks out. He's like, because the I thing will beat me down. Beat the shit, and I don't be blind or burned to death. And ch- and let me tell you, Reed Richards is on some fucking gangster shit right now. I don't want to be right. knocked out by that shit. Um, <laughs> he so don't deal. He turns himself in. Right. Um, when she gets home, she tries to explain what happened, and Henry's basically like, yo, I'm canceling the date. Don't lie to me. <laughs> on the radio, they even hey, said, they hey, said on the radio, hey. Sue captured this guy. Um, hey, I gotta get to, he's, he's probably, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I'm canceling the date. Damn, alright, god damn. So, this story almost, almost got a three out of five for me. Yeah, I, got, I gave it a two out, you gave it a two out of five? It yeah. got a two. It got a two. I love, I love the continuity of it, though. I, 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 I love the continuity, I love that we're finally getting... A, a wasp, wasp stories, story. not a story from Wasp. Right, we're getting tales of what Wasp goes through. Right, and I like this idea. I do want to see it continued. However, yeah, it got kind of. I need you guys to figure out what you're doing with Janet and Henry's relationship because we don't know. Because I am so over this. Every time she comes home, he's a dick. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm here to tell you a story, huh? What? I wasn't paying attention. Like, oh, damn. Right. It was funny the first couple of times, but now it's to the point where it's like, how did these two ever get married? Eventually she's going to start getting pissed. Like, eventually she's going to be like, what you want from me? What you want from me? I, I am trying to save people. Eventually like, these two are so bad for each other. Very toxic, man. <laughs> and I don't get it. So, yeah, I gave it a two out of five. Yeah. It, I, again, the story overall was decent, but there's just certain things that are going on with these two that I'm... And what saved it was the fact that she took that microphone and said, I am the invisible girl. If you don't get out of here, Fantastic Four will get you. Hey, you won. I've seen how they... <laughs> I've seen how they roll so far, and they roll in deep. All right, next up, for the first time in a long time, Four. Journey into Mystery number 105, story A, this is called The Cobra and Mr. Hyde. What's that is? Interesting. This was published June 1st, 1964, written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by Sheik Stone. Again, Sheik was very busy around this time. Yes, he was. Um, Alright, so, we start off with the Avengers, with a, with an Avengers meeting coming to an end, and everyone takes off. First of all, that's cool. Right off the bat, that's a crossover. I'm just gonna be, Love I'm it. gonna be blunt, that's a crossover right there. On his way off, Thor is attacked by the Cobra, who actually gets the upper hand at first as Thor is dazed. Cobra slips into a nearby apartment and runs across the scientist who is doing something. This is the, the scientist is Dr. Calvin Zabo. 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 Zabo, whatever it is. Calvin takes his potion, turning into Mr. Hyde, yep. and the villains begin to fight. He's like, who, who the fuck you think you are coming into my Bro, apartment? Oh, yeah, they, he started swinging, because like, you go into my space. As they fight, right? As they <laughs> as they fight, they realize that they've both almost beaten Thor individually, so maybe they should team up. Yeah, so and they that's do. That's kind of smart. I mean, they both got close, so yeah, I can see it. You know, they were trying to kill each other. Meanwhile, Thor no. is headed back to his office, turns into Donald, Donald Blake, Blake, and as Donald, Jane asks him if she can go dancing. He's upset about this because he knows that she's going to go out with another guy, but he still is not allowed to reveal who he is to her. No. So he has to play it off like he doesn't care. So he tells her, yeah. But inside, she's pissed off because she was hoping he would show some sort of sign that he liked her because she still absolutely loves him. So It's, she, it's very ass-backward here, people. So she's like, she leaves and her thought bubble's all like, you know, I just wish he would show some form of jealousy or something to show me that he cares. Right. Now, where I'm irritated with... um. 
uh, Giant Man and Wasp, I actually don't mind this because on this there's an outside force force yeah, behind it's, he it. Can't just say, it's I, Odin being right, a Odin. dick. Oh, I forgot Odin, not Thor. And Odin, without yeah. Odin's permission, Thor can't do shit. Right. Um. So. I am enjoying this little dynamic. I just, I do wish, I hope it comes to an end at some point within right, the next, you know, we gotta stop saying 30 issues. Stop saying Thor here, people. Um, so, uh, she gets jealous, or she's mad that he doesn't get jealous, thinks that he doesn't care about her. Meanwhile, Hyde is working on another gadget. This gadget allows you to shoot somebody and watch their whole lives and rewind. So, they set up a plan to shoot Thor to find out where Thor's hideout is. Meanwhile, Donald Blake is listening to the radio. He hears that Hyde is robbing a jewelry store and Thor is on the way. As Thor arrives, Hyde gets him to start chasing him. During the chase, Hyde turns back into Zabo, losing Thor in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Thor starts to fly off and Cobra trains the time gun onto Thor. They find out that he left out of Dr. Blake's office, but it stops because that's as far because it goes back to your birth and since he turns back and forth between the two that would have been like the birth of Thor, basically. That's as far back as it goes. Right. So they don't actually see that it is Donald Blake. They just see that it came from Donald Blake's office. Right. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, Blake decides he's going to put his cane away for a full day to see if he can give up being Thor so that he could be with Jane. He's like, Which, that was interesting. He's like, I'm not going to be Thor. I want right. to see if I can get away with not being Thor because if, if, if it's going to take me not being a superhero to be with the woman I love, I'm willing to do My it. My man did some Spider-Man shit. He said, right. I don't even want to be Thor no more. Um, Hydra and Cobra end up crashing through the window and demand Blake tell them where Thor is. He doesn't answer them. Of course. Jane decides she's not going to go on the date because she wants to be back at the office of Donald Blake. She actually cancels mid-drive. Like, the guy has her in his car. Right? And she's like, hey, can you take me back home? I, the, uh, this doesn't feel right to me. All right. Well, um, yeah. So... She goes back to the office. Damn. She walks in and is captured by our and our and our villains decide that they're going to use her to try and get Blake to talk. Blake tells them to grab the cane and tap it on the floor, and Thor will come through the window. So they they go to the window, they tap it, and they wait. However, Thor he Blake turns into Thor. I still like that anyone else can even tap the cane and he turns into Thor. Right, that was. I was like, that's a new that's a new thing. Interesting. Now you ain't worthy. Just hey, just 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 look at the window. Do this. Boom. All um, right, I'm Thor now. Blake turns into Thor and summons right. the hammer back, and they actually think they dropped the hammer out, or the, 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 the cane out the window. Right. So nobody saw, th like, apparently, remember, Jane's, Jane's not paying it's, no fucking it's attention. It's a flash of light. So remember, it's like, oh, I'm blind. I can't see shit. Yeah, but Jane's not even paying attention. Yeah, Jane's never paying attention. <laughs> um, Thor tells them that Blake tricked them and that he uh, he must love Jane to, be, to do something so daring. Basically, he told him, like, yeah, he tricked y'all. He ran out the door. I came in. He's going to go get the police. Um, That's what's up. I love it, man. Okay. He then starts to fight the two. They right. dip out and resort to whatever plan B is, and he right. begins to chase after them. Thor follows Hyde into a heavy machinery show in what is a place called the Coliseum. Hyde attacks him inside, knowing that he won't use the hammer with all the people around. Thor goes on the defensive. Cobra uses a machine that basically eats Thor's hammer. Like, he grabs it, and then it deposits it into the right. machine because people can't lift the hammer but things can which that is interesting um huh I was like hey look the hammer's eating right what the hell happened there bro 
Uh, and if Thor doesn't get it back in 60 seconds, he's toast. And they begin to close in on him, and that is actually the end of that story. Yeah, We're getting on, part two next week, because this is the last one we read this week. It ends on a cliffhanger. I still gave it a four out of five. Because at first I was going to give it a three into that cliffhanger, and I was like, uh, this is like a, uh, what it was with the, uh, the Fantastic Four, the Thing versus the Hulk, where it ends like on a cliffhanger like that. So we're, we're, we're doing cliffhanger shit. Right. So... Thor is in trouble, bro. How are we gonna just end it with Thor? Cause he, cause he, cause he talked about it. He like I know, say he's toast, but he he dissolves, don't he? Or he he dies? No, no, he just turns back into Donald. Oh, he goes back into Donald. He goes back to his human form. All right. Um, however, there's a B story to this. So, uh, story B is called When Heimdall Failed. Sure. Um, this was written by Stan Lee, penciled by Jack Kirby, inked by G. Bell, George Bell. Right. Um, King Ooh. King Bramir and Nedra want to storm Asgard, but they know that they can't with Heimdall guarding the Rainbow Bridge. Right. Um, however, Nedra has a plan. Nedra calls upon Vana, a creature. Uh, Vana is a type of creature that can become wind. Um, and she basically brings Vana in to go past Heimdall and spy on Asgard. The Vana flies past Heimdall, who does swing at the air, feeling that something was there. He just couldn't see it. Right, couldn't see where it was at. And he also kind of thought he might have even been going crazy. Right. Um, he sees... Uh, the Vana flies through and sees all the defenses that Asgard has stationed and where they're at. Heimdall sends a report back to Odin, who then commands that whatever is there to show itself, and he ends up catching the Vana with his bare hands. The Vana demands that Heimdall be punished since Heimdall failed, but Odin instead praises Heimdall. Yeah, that was interesting. For, he having, for having the sense to know that something was wrong, even if he didn't actually see it, and letting Odin know. And the big part of letting Odin know is tons of other people probably heard this message and was like, Heimdall's crazy, you know, he couldn't right. see what Odin, was going Odin, on. Odin's like, nah. And he was like, and you were brave enough to tell me even at the risk of the ridicule of other people. Right. He was like, you are now second in my heart only to Thor. So, right. Thor's his, you know, number one. Number one. And now Heimdall's his number two. Heimdall takes his place back on the Rainbow yeah. Bridge as the Asgardian forces head out to the land of the Frost Giants where they are going to attack for sending people in to spy. Right. I gave it a three out of five. Hey, we both think like I get three out of five too. Because even though it's a decent story, though, it's a decent story. All these decent stories, some threes here and there. Besides that, that that two or three out of five, we give it two for the the wasp, right? No, we gave it both three out of five, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all decent story all the way around. So it was a decent week. It was super exciting. I knew it would be right. First, the crossovers yeah. really helped. Um, all right, so now for the tough part: going back through all of those and remembering all of the stories that happened. Who do you give MVP to? I'm actually going to give mine for a petty reason for once. Ah, shit. Come on, Ralphus. I might give it to the Puppet Master, to be honest. Because he, he, he does something about... I, I, and hear me out. Reason I get the puppet master because I didn't think this was possible. I'm thinking like you know we we read all X Men. Charles Xavier was this 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 this, and all of a sudden you get taken out by some. I'm not saying low life like villain, but a villain that's like, bro, like he's nobody. He's puppet man. He didn't he didn't got clapped by everybody. 
Right. And now it's like, nope, poor reactor. Now you're mine. Like, wow. Just like that, huh? Like, your mind is gone. Okay. So now we think Charles Xavier is just a weak minded person. Like, goddamn. But. So that's what you're giving it yeah, to? Yeah, that's what I'm giving it to. What about you? All right. So I, I, the only reason I don't agree okay. with Puppet Master okay. is he didn't do it on his own. I know he had He anchor. actually failed. And it was Mastermind that told him to add a specific amount of um, the radiated clay in order to be able to do it. I mean, yes, he did eventually do it. Right. But he had to have Mastermind basically talk him through it. Now. Okay. Okay. I'm actually going to be even more petty on who my MVP is. And I will even give the lame-ass reasoning I have. Because, again, this was a hard week. I mean, all these issues were so good. Right. Um, I am actually, for the first time, for me, I believe, giving MVP to the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Here's why. Here's why. So far, in all of Marvel... Spidey has been the most consistent badass. Right. He has confronted the Fantastic Four twice and whooped their asses as a whole, once in their own building, right. once on a beach. Um, he typically doesn't have a super hard time with his villains. I, I mean, Dr. Octopus has given him a couple issues, which he does. That's Doc Ock. Um, but most people, he seems to find a way... Pretty easily to beat the people I mean, he's that he fights. Up pirates. But the one person he can't stop was the Hulk. Was okay. the Incredible Hulk. Okay. He tried to web the Hulk. The Hulk broke his webbing. He tried punching the Hulk. Probably hurt his hand more than he even hurt the Hulk's face. Right. Hulk basically just laughed at him. Right. He never got Hulk off his feet. At least the thing has gotten Hulk off of his feet. Right. Not not Puny Parker. Yeah, in fact, he had to hide. He had yeah. to hide. In fact, he, he had to so get tired. high and get the enforcers out of there. He both. He was so tired, he had to hide. And he knew, he, like I said, he had to get the enforcers because they would, because Hulk would kill all three of them, and they would never find their bodies. No, if that was me, I would not have gone back to the enforcers. I'd have been like, you know what? If Hulk kills them, that's not my problem, bro. Because he, they would, they would. Hulk is going to go put their bodies somewhere where they can't be found. Like, oh my god, he done buried them bitches. <laughs> he but, yeah. buried them. Um, alright, so next week is... This is all journey mystery shit, isn't it? A lot of... Thor shit. Okay. Stuff. Hmm. Um, all of these are mostly, except for one comic, all of them are um, either journey into mystery or a tales of some sort. Right. So, the first one we're going to read is journey into, Mich- journey into Mystery number 106, A and B, which is... Cobra and Mr. Hyde Part 2, and the uh, Asgardian story we're getting is actually a story about how Balder became Balder the Invincible. Hey, Thor's friend, cool. Journey into Mystery number 107, story A and B, um, Thor runs across for his first time ever, and the first time so far in Marvel since we've started doing this, the Grey Gargoyle. Cool. Um... And the B story for that one is Loki versus Balder. The third comic we're reading next week is Tales to Astonish number 58, stories A and B. Um, the first one is Giant Man versus the Giant Colossus, which is a just giant fucking person. Yeah. Um, I, I put Giant Colossus and then I put not X-Men. 
Um, and Wasp <laughs> goes one on one with the magician on her own. Hope she don't get hypnotized. The magician wasn't the one that hypnotized. Oh, that's ringmaster. Magician was the one that ruined the party that Wasp was at when she was about to get. Oh shit! It's part two. <laughs> it's a part two. Um, nice. And then tales of suspense. More stories. I like it. Tales of Suspense, number 56, stories A and B. We're getting Iron Man versus an enemy called the Unicorn. Oh, that's going to um, be fun. And we get a story about the Watcher falling in love. Yay. And then the fifth story, or the fifth issue, is Avengers, number seven. And this is where Enchantress, Executioner, and Zemo team up against the Avengers. That'll be an interesting story. I can see that. I can see that happening. Okay. And then the last one we're going to read is Strange Tales number 123, stories A and B. We're getting Torch versus the Beatles, so it's the Beatles' first time being in Marvel. Why? It is? I thought the Beatles fought up again. Oh, no, that was the Atomic Beetle. Oh, man. I thought he fought against Ant-Man, but I'm thinking of the giant beetle, that purple thing, but that's another beetle altogether. Never mind. Um, Okay. And then the B story is... Doctor Strange versus Loki. Strange will win. Well, yeah, it's a strange story. Um, no, well, he can, hey, that bitch can still escape. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and, and here's the thing about next week's stories. Yes, they're all journey into mystery and tales to astonish, tales to suspense, strange tales other than the Avengers. But they all seem pretty interesting. We're getting the conclusion of the fight with Cobra and Mr. Hyde. Right. We're getting side stories about Balder instead of Heimdall, so they're going to be jumping around to characters, which well, makes that's me cool. excited. We're introducing people like, around Asgard. Are, I we, like that. are we going to get Sif stories? I want some Sif well, stories. Some Sif stories. Yeah, if we're doing this, I need to know more about all the Heimdall are all the Asgardian people now. Um, we're getting Giant Man fighting another giant person. Wait, that's not which it's, it's it's going to be there. It's, <laughs> it's like it's we'll there. Read it. That's probably the one I'm least interested least, right. in. Um, but we also get Wasp fighting another. Super villain, and the magician on her own. Wow. Um, another Iron Man story versus somebody we've never heard of. It's it's gonna be, it's it's one of those weeks where, am I as excited this week as I was last week? No, right. no, because that's that's crossover city. We ain't gonna crossover crossovers. Damn, rule destroy the world. everything. Right. So, but as far as because last time we had a week like this where it was all these like double issued story things it was an extremely weak week two different weeks there week as in w-e-a-k and then week as in w-e-e-k a week week it just wasn't very entertaining so i actually have some high hopes for this coming up week in yeah. terms of things we might actually possibly get and honestly i am super looking forward to loki versus dr strange i actually want to see what that that would like. be a fight because they're both magic people. Yeah. I want to see that. And he's not fighting on Astro form. We're actually, like, we might see him, like, square up, like, hand. Well, not hand to hand, but, you know. Magic versus magic here. So, that'd be cool. Um, But, yeah. So, that is next week's lineup. Um, okay. Again, super solid week this week. Thanks to everybody that swung through. We're, we may sound a little bit tired. We were working. We worked today. And I also have to go back into work tomorrow as of this recording. So. Good luck, sir. I'm a little tired. Good luck to you, man. But we made it through. We, we made it through. It. Thanks for sticking it out with us, all five of you. Um, yes. Again, join us next week. Don't forget, next Tuesday, we actually get to start watching WandaVision. Yeah, we pulled WandaVision. Or next well, Monday. I pulled pull WandaVision for yeah. that. Next Monday, we'll be starting WandaVision. We'll probably watch through like half of it. 
um, talk about it. And again, we're super stoked for that because it's the only Disney. It's honestly the only Phase Four show we have not had on the channel because we actually started on Falcon, Winter Falcon and Winter Soldier. And since we draw everything from the basket, this has just been in the basket waiting. Right. Honestly, we, it could have taken ten years to get to this, and it did not. We're here now, right. just in time, pretty much for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right. Um, we'll get through either a third of it or half of it, and then we will after the, the week after that we will be covering strictly Moon Knight until Moon Knight's done, and then we'll pick back up on wherever we are on Wandavision. So, those are the things you'll. Those are the two shows you'll get to look forward to for the next nine weeks. Um. But yeah, super stoked to hang in with us. Uh, and yeah, so we love you guys. Thank you all you for watching. Awesome. And we'll see all of you fantastic people next week. Excelsior. Excelsior. Yeah.